What's up, everybody? On this episode, we're going to take the time to review The New Mutants, also Guns Akimbo, starring Daniel Radcliffe, and A Quiet Place 2 with Emily Blunt. Finally, Frank and myself, we will dive into the movie Interstellar and how Elon Musk could be looking for his Matthew McConaughey in the new SpaceX program. All this is up next on Quiet on the Set. This is Quiet on the Set. I am B-Rad, along with my co-host, Frank Short. How you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing good. It's uh, Mother's Day here in uh, the good, U- good old US of A, and got to go uh, do all the family stuff today in quarantine from a distance. <laughs> so what, are you just going to drive by the house? Yeah, pretty much. I was like, hey, do you want me to stop in? I was talking to my mom. She was like, do you want me to stop in? And she said, no, but you can stop by the house. And I was like, okay, so we'll just uh, maintain the distance from the porch. <laughs> Yeah, just drive by, do like, uh, what is it, a beauty pageant wave? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give her the give her the queen wave, the side to side hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Um, what have you been up to, to since the last time we spoke? Man, I wish I could tell you something exciting, but I haven't. Um, my work has been slow. I work in a radiology department in uh, here in Maryland for Johns Hopkins, and nothing really has been going on there. Um, hope, hopefully my boss never hears this, but I've been playing a lot of video games while getting paid to do that, so I can't complain. Um, I've been playing like tons of video games, just going through a back catalog of games that I haven't watched and shows that I haven't watched and movies and cooking dinner. Oh, oh <laughs> you cook it. now. I do cook now. I cook five nights a week, bro. Really? Yeah, Emily does not cook. There is uh there is uh there's no way that I can get her in the kitchen for anything other than a microwave. Man, I'm I'm proud of you. Very proud oh, of you. thank you. Well, you know, when I, I, I you know, for those who don't know, I lost two hundred and fifty pounds and the way I did that was not eating McDonald's every night. You know, it turns out, you might be surprised to hear this. It turns out that if you don't eat McDonald's seven nights a week, you lose weight. So what I did was as I cooked food that was good for you every day for two years and I lost weight. <laughs> funny how that works, huh? Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> you um you did a keto diet, right? Basically. Um I didn't go crazy with it. Like some people get like super crazy and like counting their carbs and their protein. If that works for you, that's cool. I did that for like a month and I was like, this is fucking horrible so i ended up just eating meat and vegetables for two years and that was that was basically all i did now i like i cut loose a little bit i could probably stand to lose a little bit more don't get me wrong because i was almost 500 pounds when i started this so i'm about 250 260 sometimes 270 on a really bad day um but like i you know i try to try to you know just you know cut loose on the weekends five nights a week though i i eat completely healthy completely clean i don't eat usually during the day like i usually just eat at night maybe have like a cheese stick or two like throughout the afternoon just to keep myself satiated but yeah so you, i basically you, do full no carb so you fast most of the day te- most of the day mm-hmm. yeah i watched oh. way too much joe rogan and he was talking about intermittent fasting and that's what i started doing is that what he does like he'll, he won't eat until the nighttime or he just doesn't eat in the morning and then he'll eat like lunch yeah he does like a skip breakfast kind of thing 
and yeah. like and he'll just like start eating at like 11 and then he'll cut himself off at like eight o'clock at night so he does like a 16 hour fast and then an eight hour eating window but when i was like in full swing in the weight loss i didn't eat anything until 6 30 p.m at night and then i would only eat from 6 30 to 8 30. oh wow yeah yeah <laughs> i i couldn't <laughs> do that man the only time i do intermittent fasting is when i'm at work and i just can't get to breakfast Right. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. And you know, you're so much more physically active than I am. I mean, I'm a little bit more active than I used to be, but I didn't do any exercise during that two years when I was losing the weight. I didn't do any exercise. Now I do exercise, but I don't, I didn't at all. So like, I didn't have like big energy level dips because there was really nothing that I was doing. I work an office job. I sit in a chair all day. Yeah, I, I can see that. Most jobs now, like they have the desk well, because of where I work at, they have the desk that you can elevate the the computer desk. Yeah, so you can yeah, stand like up standing now, desks, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously better for you in the long runs because you're not sitting all day, and it's better on your body, uh, your spine. So most offices have that nowadays. But anyways, I'm over COVID, man. Yeah, I'm over it myself. I'm over it so much, bro. I I. Uh, I guess down here in Virginia, Governor Northam, he has said that non-essential businesses can start to reopen, I believe, next week, Friday. Oh, really? On the 15th. Yeah, he's going to start opening some things up. Um, And we'll we'll see how it goes. I was actually just watching um, Face the Nation this morning with Margaret Brennan. I love her. Uh, And she was putting out some facts basically saying that you know unemployment is up 30 million which is uh for lack of a better word um i guess impressive yeah insanity really <laughs> yeah and um but they were saying across the the world or the nation i can't remember it, the covid cases are only 4 million right now and in the states, I believe it's only 1.5 million. So it seems like the cases are going down, right? Um, but they yeah. also they also mentioned too, and they didn't name the state that whatever state that just opened up, I'm going to assume Florida <laughs> or, or California. Yeah, Florida right? or Georgia. Yeah, or one of those states that just like fully opened up. You know, I guess without any restrictions. Um, they said they started to see a spike in the cases go up, you know, at least 20%. So that could be a real bad thing for us, depending on how these other states open up. Because if we start to see a spike go up again, it probably could lead to us going back on lockdown. Um, Yeah, yeah, I know. And that's the thing is that I don't, the the idea is, and I'm not a statistician or an infectious disease specialist here, but you know the the idea from what all the experts and the super smart people and what they're saying is that they're trying to flatten the curve so that the hospitals don't get overwhelmed. The disease is deadly. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't seem to be as deadly as that they were originally anticipating it to be. And being that we don't have adequate testing um, throughout the states, there's a lot of people who get the virus get told to stay at home. But we don't actually know whether they had the virus. I have a friend of mine, actually, by the name of Brian, who had shortness of breath, coughing, and fever. Like, he literally had all of the all of the symptoms back in, like, mid-March. But they didn't have enough testing. So they were like, hey, look, 
you're not in any high risk categories. We just want you to stay home for 14 days, you know, drink lots of fluids. And he got over it. Now he's going to get an antibody test where they're going to test to see if he actually has antibodies for the disease so they can know whether he had it. But there's so many people that have gotten it that, you know, just get told stay home, but they don't die. So I'm thinking that, and again, my big dumb brain here trying to put this together, but I'm thinking that if we don't test all of these people and they get better, it actually makes the death rate look deceptively high because we're only testing people who are in like critical or where we have testing. So if we're not testing all these other people, really the death rate, if it's 2%, could be as low as like 0.5%, which would be like, and I hate to say this because I know people get a lot of flack for this, but like the flu. Yeah. Yeah, people get a lot of flack for saying that. I know that uh, Elon Musk, a big topic of what we're going to be talking about today, has been railing against people saying that he's been studying the numbers and the stats and he doesn't think that a lockdown, maybe like a brief lockdown, was worth it to slow it. But like hospitals are at 30% capacity right now. So, yeah, it will get to. It will get to Elon Musk, but I guess what I want to say on him is, is that you know we're we're talking to a, a billionaire, right? Sure. And this is this is a guy who is not a scientist. He's not a doctor. And so, what is his motive behind saying that? You know, and the only motive right now that I can really think of is you're losing a little bit of money, right? It could because, be. It could be. You know, and maybe it, and maybe for him it. it it really isn't affecting them. Maybe money is not the issue, but you can't just come out here and make, you know, um, false claims that this is not affecting anybody or we, we went too long with this lockdown because, you know, if we didn't, you know, extend this lockdown, who knows how high the unemployment rate would be right now. I mean, 30 million is already bad, but, you know, it could be even higher. And two, let's also point out that COVID is like, it affects those with, mostly with pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. so like diabetes asthma um things of that nature so those are the people that we're that we're trying to save and the elderly as well right you yeah know? sure um so i think he um came out and made a a blind uh statement without in my opinion really looking at all the facts so it could be and that's the thing is that with a lot of these whether they're whether they're like Elon Musk or every, I feel like everybody kind of has a motive. And I think we're never going to really know what the, the real effect of like letting it run rampant or the real effect of like a way too long of a lockdown. Like we're not going to really know what the best method was to get through this, but we kind of just have to, as regular citizens, we kind of just have to sit here and just go with what they're telling us to do in the end, you know, wear your mask when you go to the grocery store, you know, don't have a party. I mean, I mean, I'll be honest, we, we were going to get, we were already married, but me and my wife, but we were going to do a, a big ceremony here in October. And just this week, we decided that the risk is too big right now to like try to do this in October. So we're probably not going to be doing it at all. Yeah. That, and the, what's crazy or in my opinion, as I would think that honestly, with the state of the world right now and, you know, what America is seeing, I don't think that we go back to normal until 2022. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that too. And that's, then that's why we were like, you know, we we were going to do our big ceremony in October, but because we're like, all right, that's pretty far out. But obviously we planned this like a year ago, but 
who knows you you just don't know like 20 2021 might look just like right now we might be in like may of 2021 and they're like oh we have to do another lockdown because the hospitals are getting overwhelmed like we don't we just don't know and that's that's a big thing is in that that's like with what elon musk said and what all these other experts are saying we just don't know <laughs> like a lot of people think that they're sure and there's it's kind of like being sure of the existence of god you can't no one can prove it whether you're a believer or whether you're a denier like you can't prove it so it's right. like with covid like we don't we can't prove exactly what's going to happen because there's no precedent there's no precedent for what we're going through right now yeah absolutely um yeah so i, I believe the next norm is going to be or at least for the remainder of this year and definitely leading into 2021 is Mask and gloves, man. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to wear it, and, and you should want to wear it. You know, you shouldn't want to um, go out here and not wear a mask or gloves. Right? Yeah. Help your neighbor. Uh, help your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. So the mask isn't helping you. The mask is. It's helping you a little bit, but it's really helping your neighbor. So don't right. don't bitch be like, oh my civil liberties. Oh my civil liberties. Like, man, you can get drafted into a war. Like, you can get drafted into a war tomorrow if you're of the right fighting age. Like, that's what the U.S. government can do. And they're like, wear a mask. And they're like, my civil liberties, my haircuts. It's like, come on, dude. <laughs> and, you know, that is, um, I, matter of fact, since you brought that up, um, I, I, this is why I think America is definitely still one of the greatest countries. Um, because we don't have any type of laws or rules stating that, you know, if you're not really doing anything at this time, you know, you have to go serve in some type of civil servitude meaning like fire department police department um or at the level of the military mm -hmm. there is a uh korean uh soccer star who you know korea is going through the same thing just like everybody else with this covid situation and because he is not playing soccer right now for i forget which team not sure uh he had to basically go and serve in the military for the koreans really this is in South yeah. Korea? Yes. Wow. So um, it is as much as people want to bitch and complain about America and things of that nature. This is still one of the greatest countries because we don't force you to do anything like that. You can still go about and live your life as freely as you want to live. So um, a lot of countries are like that. Um, Singapore, obviously I mentioned Korea, where you have to go... Um, at some point in time in your life, you have to at least serve in some form or fashion, whether it be police, fire department, or military. Oh yeah, like uh, Israel. Israel is a great example of that. Uh, the 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 Israeli star who played um, Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot. I mean, she was. I don't know if that's how you say her name, but Gal Gadot. She um, she had to serve in the, the military. Everyone of a certain age has to serve in the Israeli military once you like get out of high school. Yeah, so everybody should be appreciative because you don't have to do that. You can stay at home and watch Netflix all day and not have to worry about anything. Yeah. <laughs> the only complaint that I have about my mask, and this is just because I wear glasses. Um, oh, the fog? Yeah, man. Every time I breathe, the fucking fog in my face. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Emily Emily has the same problem. It's so funny. She like puts on her mask, takes her first breath out, like takes her first breath in, exhales, and then her, mask, her eyes just go whoosh. It looks like an uh, anime character, like in the in the anime films where they have like their glasses completely like opa like the opacity is like completely uh, blocked out and they can't see their eyes. 
I struggle so bad with that, man. Like, <laughs> if you could see what I'm doing with my face underneath my mask, I'm, like, trying to figure out the most, I guess, simple but basic way to just, like, breathe through my mouth and my nose without fogging in my glasses. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, man. So, I, I guess that's where we are. Hopefully, when we reopen, at least back where I'm at, um, things go smoothly and definitely for like as we spoke about in the previous episode uh these mom and pop shops can kind of come back and start doing their thing um the other thing i wanted to touch on real quick about covid was i know that well the government supposedly has like two bills in office right now where it's supposed to one of them is supposed to freeze rent and mortgage payments right, right. Um, to help people, you know, get back on their feet. And the other one is to um, basically it would be like a supplemental income for, I guess, I don't know the length or time, but it would be like, from my understanding, like 2000 a month for households right yeah like and, a universal basic income like uh the candidate the democratic candidate um andrew yang was proposing in his platform yeah yang gang yang gang yep <laughs> <laughs> yang gang math make america think harder yeah <laughs> uh, anyways <laughs> i i think that would be great honestly you know i i don't foresee them getting passed yeah me either <laughs> although they should and if they're going to pass one, I guess the one that they should pass would be the freeze on rent and mortgage. Yeah, um, just to help people. Because I know we're, yeah, we're down to I, one income. I work, but Emily doesn't. Like, Emily's not working right now. Like, it's it's times are tough. Like, it, we're lucky, though, because we have one income, so we can survive. Like, we can we can make it. And, you know, we're blessed to have actually family, you know, family that we can that we can rely on if we if we really get into trouble. And I don't want to ask for help, but I, I might have to. You know, you never know. But with with people who don't have any incomes, like what if you're like you're a married couple and you're both waiters? Man, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's just wild, man. You would think that the government would assign those bills like right away, but they are so hesitant on sending that help to people. Uh, one of the gentlemen that was getting interviewed by uh, Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation. He was predicting that, you know, by the, I guess the end of May, maybe mid-June, that unemployment would be up 20%. Jeez. And I guess one of the, yeah, that's that's wild, right? And then one of the, um, I guess, stats were that one in every five households, uh, a, a kid goes without food or a household goes without food here in America. Yeah as we speak. So that is, um, those are some high numbers. That's pretty scary. And to me, I, I, I brought this up before when I had a conversation, you, you know, you need to do that. You need to freeze the rent and mortgage and you, and you should be wanting to send out that, that $2,000 a month to, you know, just help people get back on their feet. You know what I mean? Cause we're not going to be, as I mentioned before, we're not going to be back on our feet until we're not going to look like 2019 until 2022 i'm thinking i'm thinking you're probably right it's hard to predict the future but it, it certainly feels like it's trending that way yeah unfortunately but 
Anyways, man, let's stop talking about COVID. That shit kind of pisses me off. Yeah. Same thing. Same with me. Um, what happened to me this week? Oh, I was on my way to uh, get some paperwork from the office. And I'm driving. And as I get ready to go merge onto the the freeway or highway, which however you want to put it, people, um, I get I, I merge onto the highway and, and I go and get over into my far left hand lane. And as I'm driving, I take a quick look to my left, and then I immediately go back to look straight. But then I had to go back and look again because approaching me. It was an animal in a barricade, and he looked like he was going to jump on the top of my car. Was it a deer? And I was like, I, I didn't know what it was at first. And I was like, what the fuck is about to happen? It looked like he was about to do like a, a five-star frog splash. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, I should get over. But I didn't get over. I just drove as quickly as I could. But as I passed it, I noticed that the animal was dead. So stupid, <laughs> right? But the other thing that I thought about too, is like, who the hell took the time to prop this animal up to make it look like it was just gonna hop out in the middle of the road? So I don't know, that was like something crazy that happened to me this week. That's so nutty. It, it, it was, so it actually was like standing? Yeah, it was just propped up like it's, it looked like it's um, arms or it was a raccoon, I think. It looked like his arms or hands were like perched up on the barricade. And his head was like sitting on the barricade as well. And so it just looked like it was ready to jump out in the middle of the road. Um, And if it was a lot, yeah, man, it was creepy. I was like, (laughs) who did this? Like, and nobody did this during the day. It had to be somebody at night. But if you took the time to do this at night, you were really bored. (laughs) Really, really bored. So, um, yeah, man, that was nuts. That was my creepy. Yeah, that was my creepy moment of the week. Did you ever catch that show, uh, True Detective, on HBO? I watched one season of that. Yeah, the yeah. first season, like where they were like doing the, uh, like the animal, like uh, like they looked like kind of like satanic rituals and like like you know having like animal like skins and like bodies and stuff like that. It's like that's like that kind of shit, <laughs> like some real hillbilly like. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was definitely like, uh, what's that movie I'm thinking of? And I and I can't. The movie where they're in West Virginia. I can't remember it. Huh. And you know what I'm talking about, because it stars like Billy Bob Thornton. He was like super young. Oh, Sling Blade? Or was it Billy Bob I think so. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank, but it, it seems like something that would happen around in that area. Because <laughs> some <laughs> no offense to anybody that's from West Virginia, but it just seems like when you get bored around there, you just do weird shit. Um, anyways, UFC two forty nine. Yep. It air- it aired last night. Dana White said it from the beginning when this COVID-19 uh, emerged and we had to go on lockdown. He stated that UFC would be the first sport to return the national television. Um, and with no spectators in the arena, they did it. Um, I commend Dana White for just being a, a straight animal and uh, a go-getter. Um, for making this event happen, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people appreciated it. Uh, just to watch anything that came on last night. So hats off to Dana White um, and all the athletes that competed last night. 
so I, I'm a huge fight fan. So the fact that it was on and I got a chance to, you know, see a little bit of it, it was great. So I appreciated that. Yeah, man. Uh, I actually was like really hoping I, he ended up doing it. Did he, he did it in Florida, right? Yeah. Right. I yeah. remember what originally when he was going to do another UFC, he was like, he was like, I'm going to have a, a, like a private island. It was like this is basically the mortal the plot for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like he's gonna go fight on Mortal Kombat on Shang Tsung's island. <laughs> like fly out all the fighters and go fight on the beach. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that's what it sounds like, but it sounds so great. But he did do that though. I mean, they, they went through, they got the trademark for the island. The island is there. He's doing it, he's going forward with it. That is gonna be the new um stomping ground for all major fights. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so and he's also getting into the boxing world too. I know he's been working a little bit with Floyd Mayweather to uh get that up and running. I don't know how in depth they work together on that, but I know that um or I've heard that they have been working on uh getting the boxing side of what he wants to do up and running. I think that's great, man. I think, you know, I, that's inspiring, you know. I if you ever watch UFC from the beginning and you see where it was into where it is now, that's so fucking impressive. And to be able to, that's how you know he's got a lot of money, to be able to purchase your own island right, and, and basically cut out the middleman and say, fuck everybody else. Um, we're going to do fights when we want to do them, how we want to do them. And, and that's that. There's, there's no more to it. So um, yeah, once again, I commend Dana White. I think that's I think that's super dope, and I can't wait to see more UFC fights. I can't wait to see the first UFC fight on Fight Island. Um, I, I, that's going to be so crazy. I would love to go out there and witness a fight. So uh, hopefully, I get the chance to do that in my near future. Uh, speaking of fighting, Mike Tyson, man, he's coming back. What you didn't know? No. That? Mike Tyson has a viral video going out. If you have your computer up, you should YouTube it. And 53 years old, man, and he still looks like he moves like a 20-year-old. But he's not coming back for like 12-round fights. He's coming back to do charitable fights. Oh, okay. So uh, he's doing exhibition fighting for charities to raise money. And they're like three or four rounds. But you should really, if you have the time right now or if you want to check him out, he looks phenomenal, man. 53 years Damn, old. I'm watching him right now, dude. He's like ducking and weaving, moving his hands. It looks like he's kind of like, I'm not listening to the audio so I can hear you, but like, it looks like he's kind of like showing somebody. Yeah, he's, he is. And there's another one where he's actually hitting the pads. I don't know if you can find that one that's viral as well, but. Damn, look at him. He's like, he's like hopping around doing like footwork and shit. 53 yeah. years old. He's a, he's amazing, bro. Amazing. 53 years old. You know what I mean? I, how dare them even to challenge me in these fighters, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? With their primitive boxing skills, you know what I mean? They're as good as dead. <laughs> Looking forward to getting or seeing Mike Tyson back in the ring along with Evander Holyfield, James Lights Out Tony, and many more that decide to come out of retirement to do these uh, exhibition fights. So, yeah, should be good. Oh, wow. Holyfield's coming back, too. Yeah, Holyfield's coming back, yep. So, it's, it's It's almost like a Rocky movie, man. They just... <laughs> yeah right <laughs> they just can't stay away so um i love it though somebody like call michael b jordan <laughs> yeah i know right I, I love it though i love to see the the older fighters um still in shape still doing their thing um that definitely inspires me 
as I continuously get older as well. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. Right. What's to come? Let's talk about these big businesses, man, and and, and seeking bailouts. Uh, one being the the airlines. Um, in response to COVID-19 pandemic, the federal government will again bail out the airline industry, which is in the midst of a crisis owing and dwindling, uh, and a dwindling passenger revenue. The president insisted on taking such actions called emergency aid for the airline industry. His number one priority is bailouts. Between 29 and $58 billion have been requested by the industry in the form of grants, loans, and tax abatements. Uh, meanwhile, you know, the Democrats are opposing this because the airlines and how they have been um, treating customers, employees over the years, uh, definitely employees with like $15 minimum wage. Uh, when it comes to customers, they charge you for everything when you get on the airplane, even to sit next to your own friend, spouse, whatever. Uh, they, it just seems like they get over on a lot. Uh, and so it baffles me, man, as to, you know, the airline industry, being that you charge for so many things and you have, it's a huge industry. It's not like you guys are really lagging anywhere, it seems like, but you're asking right. for bailout money. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I mean, here's the thing. Nobody could really anticipate what was going on with this coronavirus and like nobody could anticipate that they would lose so much money. But at the same time, it's like, why aren't if if and I know this has been tossed around the Internet a lot. So this is not an original thought. But if we're expected to be able to plan for a five to six month emergency like this, why are these other companies not doing that, too? Like, why are they not planning for that? Why are they not future proofing themselves to make sure that they can, you know, ex, you know, survive some kind of downturn? Greed, man. Yeah, great. These people get into these uh, positions and all they see is the dollar signs and they see how they can just fill their pockets up without caring for anybody else. Really, yeah, planning for the future or things that could happen. And so then you end up in a predicament like this. So um, it's wild, man. Again, baffles my mind as to why we're in these situations, even with like uh Gold's Gym is filing for bankruptcy, right? Gold's Gym is, you know, uh, I think that's an Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. I think he was the one who invested in that franchise of a gym a long time ago. But it's a huge gym. Everybody knows Gold's Gym. It's not like Yeah, sure. Right? And it is probably one of the oldest gyms that has longevity uh, in the fitness game. But now you're filing for bankruptcy. So you've been around since, like, God, what, the 70s? And you don't have any type of, you know, revenue sustained that you could, you know, uh, keep your business going? Yeah, weather the storm a little bit. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, this has only been a few months. Like, are, is is that basically what this is? Like, is this, are we saying that, let's say they couldn't do it. If, if we're saying they couldn't weather the storm for a few months, like, are we saying that our entire economy and everything is based on, like, this, like, tiny glass window that it just shatters? And then three months later, like your entire business goes up. Like, I mean, come on, think about like just your personal finances. Like if, if you didn't work for three months, yeah, that would crush you or might crush me, you know, depending on your financial situation. But like, again, they're, they're saying like, they're, you're expected to have some kind of savings to make sure that you can plan for that. Cause there's no bailout for the average person. We got a stimulus check for what? 1200 bucks. 
Yeah. Huzzah! I've paid my rent for a month. <laughs> yeah. Or mortgage or whatever. But yeah, it's a it's a hard line, man. It really is. Um, it's very hard because in my mind, I would say, yes, I do want to bail out these industries because I'm not thinking about the the owner or the CEO. I'm thinking about the, the little man, the employee. Because, yeah, the guy who's taking your ticket, the guy who's helping you carry your bag. Yeah, that guy. It, it, because those folks, you know, have families as well, and they need to be able to sustain their life as well. So it's a hard line, man. I, I know most people would be like, you know, nah, fuck that, don't bail out the airline industry, blah 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 blah. But you can't necessarily think like that because you have regular folks working at these or working in these industries as well who need the money so yeah and they're the first ones that are going to suffer the ceos like these ceos of these companies the big executives like yeah they might lose some money but they're not going to suffer right the people who can't afford groceries are going to suffer yeah the only airline that i ever heard really treated their people well is um southwest Southwest CEO had an interview last weekend and what was very surprising to me is that um, he had mentioned from the time they were, I guess, launched or built, they have never furloughed anybody. They've only made increases. They've only, you know what I'm saying, given promotions. And so if this were to happen, this would be the first time in history that they had to furlough their employees. Wow. So I, I thought... That was, um, I thought that was great. I, you don't hear that about any other airline, um, but Southwest is, uh, I guess, a commendable um, and or commendable company that takes care of their employees. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely not from Spirit Airlines. They'll charge you $50 for armrests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, <laughs> they charge you for everything, man. Your bags, uh, your seat, your child. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the ability everything. to sit next to your spouse on the plane. That's a that was a good one you brought up earlier. Like, I mean, it's just about everything. Like, man, they'll they'll charge you for like, oh man, you're using way too much of our air right now. We're gonna have to charge you a twenty five cent upcharge for each additional breath you decide to take on this plane. <laughs> it's crazy, man, and and so it, it's a hard decision to make. I get that because you know you have to take the CEO out of it. You know, you gotta look at the little people, and so. Yeah, they did get the bailout money. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, the industry, unfortunately, the like whether no matter how you feel about it, whether you think it's a good thing to do it or not, like the industry does have to survive. It's kind of critical to our economy. That's why these people are able to apply for bailouts. That's why like GameStop, for example, which fuck that company. But again, I I don't want them to go out of business because I still have friends who work there from, you know, way back in the day when I worked there, like still friends that still work for that company. Like, I don't want them to go out of business. I hate them, but I, I don't want to go out of business because they are the ones that are going to suffer. The CEOs and execs will find jobs somewhere else, but they're not critical to the economy. So they can't apply for a bailout. They can be like, oh, people need to buy video games from us, but people do need to fly. That's that's the thing is that people do need to fly. People do need to buy gas. Like, like Wawa might be even like say Wawa or like a local chain around here that does like gas and convenience stores what if they started to go under they could probably be one of the ones that could apply for some kind of bailout because like oh well this would remove a bunch of gas competition from all these local areas it's uh 
it's critical. Yeah. So you have to, you gotta, you gotta pony up that money, give them a little bit of, a little bit, a little, little bit of Trump change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I guess that goes to say too, leading into my, our next topic is the rich get richer, man. Um, I guess the, the old saying is never let a good crisis go to waste. <laughs> As the coronavirus uh, pandemic sweeps the world, America's 1% is taking profit, profitable advantages over the old saying, pretty much. Um, some of the richest people in the U.S. have been at the front of the queue of the government has handed out trillions of dollars to prop up an economy. It uh, shuttered amid the coronavirus pandemic. At the same time, the billionaire class has added $308 billion to its wealth in four weeks. Yeah, man, I kind of seen this coming, and it's, it's like history always always repeats itself so you know these people are just smart enough or just wise enough i don't know to always take control of the situation and i don't know is is that a good thing or a bad thing i don't know it kind of goes back to the like there's a saying that my mom used to say to me that uh that uh it's not a sin to make money so but i think it is a sin to make money off of the the backs of your employees, like all the, like you, you can't, you can't stand on a, t- a pile of wealth that's supported by the broken corpses of all the people that you trampled to get there and then call yourself a good person. Like, I, you know, I'm an Amazon shill just like the rest of them. I still have my Amazon, a prime account and I can order a hammer and, uh, <laughs> and, a, and some face soap. Like you can just, you can order anything on there. So like, and especially during this, like, you know, there's, there's tons of people that, you know, just, we, we don't want to leave our houses or we can't leave our houses to get certain things. So we order it on Amazon, but that's Jeff Bezos just fucking laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, if you're able to help others. Right. Um, yeah. And if Bezos was taking care of his employees, I think I'd feel a lot better about it, but think about all the strikes that they've they had. And like, they fired that one guy, they said he was breaking company policy, but when in, in, reality he was trying to get better protection for the people that were working i admire some of these folks like a jeff bezos um you know the founders of google or anybody of uh, that caliber because i think it's i think it's dope when you could come from nothing and and make something of yourself and that's what america is all about right we're a capitalist country you know that's why we're the greatest country in the world so it's hard to say man it's it's hard to be mad at this this topic because it's just those folks who see an opportunity and then take advantage of the opportunity. But I think, as I mentioned, or as I was speaking about before, it's only bad when you try to crush the little people. If you're helping the little people succeed as well, um, I don't think it's such a bad thing, but that's where we are right now. Um, and, and some there's a conspiracy theory out there that some people believe the reason why the shutdown or lockdown got extended was so that certain companies could fail and that other people could pick those or billionaires or the wealthy could pick those companies up to make something of it own, create another asset of it, out of it to create more wealth for themselves. I mean, you never know. So that's, that's, the, a, that's the crazy thing about it is that, you know, it's not, it's not an unbelievable conspiracy. It's not, if it was true, and I don't know if it is, but it's not an unbelievable one. Like man takes advantage of bad situation to make more money is not exactly an original story. So. No, it's, it's not. And it's always going to be there because, you know, that's basically what, you know, America was founded on really. Right. Um, sure. Go as far back as, 
we can go as far back as like, you know, Rockefeller, Carnegie, you know, JP Morgan, you know, those guys, it, that's what it was founded on. So, yeah, I guess the only thing that we can do is uh, figure out how to better ourselves as well. Yeah, do our best, weather the storm, and hope that the U.S. dollar is still worth what the U.S. dollar is worth now and next year. <laughs> we, we might be a little uh, out of touch for this year and a little bit of next year, but I think the U.S. dollar will be fine. Like I say, come 2022, we'll be, we'll be back where we were. I hope so. It's just the... Uh, the the fear of having you know twenty dollars becoming twenty yen you know like it's not it's a it's hey, a scary prospect it, it is but twenty yen goes a lot it goes a long way I was there I was in <laughs> Japan so it goes <laughs> it goes a long way but yeah I, I don't I don't think it'd be like twenty yen for sure I, I like I said yeah 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 come come twenty twenty two America will be will be back where we were in twenty nineteen. We're just going to make sure we skip over 2020 era and not go back in that direction. Here's hoping. So, yeah. So I was on, uh, actually been on social media, right? And I don't have cable. Um, I did away with cable like back in 2013. Hey, team no cable. I I didn't know that. I have no cable either. Bro, fuck cable. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thank you. They charge you all this money for all these extra channels that don't do nothing for you. Um, so, yeah, 2013, I got rid of cable because that's when, like, you know, these different platforms like the Fire Stick and Apple TV started to really blossom. And so I got a Fire Stick and I've been on the Fire Stick ever since. So I don't necessarily watch the news like that or I don't stay up to date. The only way I stay up to date is just by honestly reading articles or if I see something on social media, right? Mm-hmm. And so for the past I I wanna say week, I, I wanna I don't think I don't think it was any more or any longer than that. But I kept seeing this, you know, justice for Ahmed or Aubrey, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right. And if I'm not, somebody can correct me. But I kept seeing like justice for Ahmed Aubrey you know, and I run with Ahmed Aubrey and I was like, what is this story about? Mm. You know, he's a African-American male. And as I started to get more and deeper into the story, I guess the scenario is, is that uh, Ahmed Aubrey, 25 year old unarmed black man faced uh, when he was, that's a face. Anyways, he was jogging in Brunswick, Georgia, a neighborhood. Um, he encountered two men later. They said, uh, that they thought he was a criminal. So they started following this young man as he was just jogging in the neighborhood. And unknowingly to him, obviously, there was a a tussle. And one of the men, I believe it was one, it could have been both, but they shot him. They shot him dead in the street. And for no reason, for no reason whatsoever, right? He wasn't doing anything. He was just jogging. He was just living his life. Um, I guess my question is, is like, America, how long is this going to go on, right? How long are we going to continue to put ourselves in this situation and, and not correct it? One of the questions that I have for, uh, for you, Frank, is, you know, being in Georgia, I guess you can just openly carry unarmed firearms and, and do it like a citizen's arrest. Should that even be allowed? I don't know. Should you just call the cops? Well, yeah, obviously, if you you should just call the cops. I mean, that's that's the thing is that, you know, if you see something that you think is suspicious, and you know, we've we've seen this countless times. If you see something that you think is suspicious, you know, going out investigating your damn self with your not 
you're you're not you know professional you know experience in doing so is not obviously i don't think it's a good idea obviously um as far as like whether carry carry laws should be you know changed or you know gotten rid of i i don't know i'll be honest i'm not a gun enthusiast i feel like i almost kind of have no stake in the game so it's kind of hard for me to form an opinion on it like i'm not a gun enthusiast and i'm not a gun hater so i don't really have a i don't really have a, any skin in that game but you know what happened to this guy was just absolutely awful it was a father and son if i'm not mistaken and uh yeah they they killed him and then what it took two months i think before any arrests were made because their citizens arrest laws like make it possible for them to actually like stop and try to detain him and then they can claim there was a struggle whether there was a struggle or not i guess you know we'll never know but yeah this situation was going on for two months and the only reason why i got brought up is because they uh obviously nowadays in this millennial age and you know being in 2020 everything is filmed so a video got out and that's what sparked you know saying a national outrage so i'm just always baffled man um by situations like this and the crazy part to me too is is that and i don't know if the president would speak on this or any other president i don't know you know obama would have spoken on this i definitely don't believe trump trump would have spoken on this um or any or any president before him right uh because i guess it's such a touchy topic but to me that's the only way you you know, get rid of this situation. You, ha- you being the leader of this nation, you have to be the one to speak on this. Right. So I feel for the young man and his family and um, they, the great, I guess the good part is, or the good thing is they caught the two guys that did it or the three guys, I believe. And so they were arrested for murder. Obviously they're going to go on trial. Um, I seen that two of the guys were part of the KKK no surprise there down in Georgia. Yeah, man, the only way, and the other thing too is, is and I, I do believe this, is that in order for these things not to happen, um, it, it has to be the white community, the Caucasian community, however people want to say it, to step up and speak their minds and their voices and condemn these folks that think that they are just above the law. So yeah, without a hopefully... Doubt. Yeah, hopefully uh, when these guys go to trial, this is just a swift trial. No lingering. Uh, they just get straight to the point and they sentence these guys. So, and, and I will definitely be following that case um, as it proceeds and it continues to go on. And there was actually a video? There was a video of the guy getting killed? <laughs> yeah, there was a video put out. Jesus yep. Christ. See, I just thought it was... Uh... Cause I, I didn't dig too much into it, but I, you know, I'd seen it on you know social media and Reddit that like there was, there was the, you know, it was in basically two months of, you know, no arrest being made in this murder, but I didn't know there was a video to back it up. I mean, Jesus Christ, like you don't even need, yeah, that's how, <laughs> there's already that's a video. How, like, isn't there's uh, your, there's your evidence. <laughs> that's how immune we are as a society to videos like that. Now they're just so, it's such a normal thing that, it just comes and goes and we're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that because of social media and because of the constant onslaught of information that we're all getting, there's so much to pay attention to that you, you kind of just have to like, all right, does this grab me for a second? All right. Now I'll pay attention to this. You know what I mean? There's, there's just so much to pay attention to. And I'm not saying that this man isn't worth paying attention to, but it's, 
there's so much to pay attention to that like only certain things are just going to grab you, you know, here and there to like, all right, I'm going to really dig deep into this. It's there's just so much going on for for this injustice. There's a hundred other injustices that are happening that are similar. It's there's just so much, so much shit, so much information constantly. It's uh, it's hard to keep track of it all. Yeah, it's sad, man. It's uh, you know, still in 2020, we still there are people out here that still have this mindset that this is what they have to do in order to make sure that they preserve themselves or their race or their culture. So uh, it's, it's interesting and, and definitely something that needs to change. Uh, soon. Yeah. They can get rid of that shit. Fuck that. <laughs> Be done with that. Yeah. All right, man. So let's get into it. Let's talk about these upcoming movies. First movie that we're going to talk about is the new mutants. Um, to give you a little background on it, there are five young mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility, quotation marks, I put air quotation marks there, uh, against their will. Um, they fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. The New Mutants is an upcoming horror film in the superhero genre based on the Marvel Comics team of the same name, distributed by 20th Century Fox Studios. It is intended to be an installment of the X-Men film series. The release date is still unknown at this point in time, Frank. So I watched the trailer for New Mutants. I think it looks really good, actually. It looks really good from my standpoint. It looks like better than any of the X-Men movies that have come out in the last, like, what, 10 years? (laughs) Yeah, and so, because... Honestly, the last good X-Men movie to me was the second one. Oh, the uh, the X-Men 2, was it X-Men United, I think, with Nightcrawler? Yes, that was the last good X-Men series movie to me. I didn't really care for the third one, where Dark Phoenix oh, was in there. Yeah, well. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, didn't, I didn't care for it at all. Let me give you some, some people who are going to star in this movie real quick. So we have, uh, and if I butcher any name, I, I apologize. Uh, but we have Macy Williams as uh, Rain Sinclair, Wolfsbane. Yeah. If you don't know, yeah. If you don't know who Macy Williams is, she is Arya from Game of Thrones, who slayed the Night King. <laughs> All right. So so she she's in there, which I think is fantastic. You get to see her outside of something from Game of Thrones. Uh, she's a Scottish mutant who can turn into a wolf and is struggling with uh, to reconcile with her religious beliefs. I think the interesting thing about her character in this is that um, she took on this role because she said she can really identify with the character because of her own religious beliefs. Uh, so that was a, a really cool fact that I found out about okay. her. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy uh, I'm not even going to pronounce the... Actually, I will pronounce it. She plays a character called Ileana Rasputin, who plays a character named Magic. She's a Russian mutant sorcerer with powers. Uh, she can manifest sword, teleportation, disc travel, all that. And fun fact, if you're a fan of the comics, um, that's Colossus's sister. Oh, yeah, right. I'm reading it right now. It just said that. Which, yeah, that is... <laughs> that's, that's very cool. Uh, the next um, actor is Charlie Heaton. As Sam uh, Gerth- Guthrie. Oh, Sam Guthrie. 
Yeah, that's Cannonball. I, Cannonball from the yeah, from Sam the comics. Yeah, Cannon. Yep. Yeah, he plays Cannonball. And if you don't know who Charlie Heaton is, he also is the star of Stranger Things. Gotta love Stranger Things. I think he also what's his character's name in Stranger Things? Uh, Isn't it Sam? What is it? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is Sam. No, it's not Sam. No? Is it Sam? I don't know. Uh, what's his name? Now I gotta look that. I don't know. I, I had to look it up on my computer. Hold on. I kind of want to know this now because it's. I don't want to. Are you looking yeah. it up? Jonathan Byers. Yeah, Jonathan I gotta, Byers. I got to find out. That's his yeah. Jonathan name? Byers. We were we were way off. Oh, okay. <laughs> Man, you're, you're you're such a fast. <laughs> That's all I do all day. So <laughs> he's playing Cannonball. Then we have uh, and if I butcher her last name, I apologize, but I do love this uh this actress. Her name is Alice Bar. Uh, Baraga, she plays Celia Reyes, uh, a mentor to the group and a medical doctor who can generate protective fields around herself. And um, Alice Baraga is the star of Queen of the South. And if you don't know what Queen of the South is, I think it's a phenomenal show. It's basically like, in my opinion, the female version of Scarface. You get to see this young woman grows up in Mexico and she's basically put through the ringer from being, uh, you know, her boyfriend was a part of the cartel. You know, he gets into some things that ultimately lead to his demise. You know, the cartel wound up putting her in a, a basically a sex trafficking ring or a drug trafficking ring. And she just continues to grow from there and, and become basically the head of the household of her own cartel. So uh, I know it sounds basic, but. Um, really good acting, really good characters. And if you haven't heard of it or checked it out, you really should. So New Mutants, star-studded cast. Um, I think that or what interests me the most about this is that they, they call it a horror film. And I'm big into horror. So uh, I'm interested to see what parts of this film or if, or if any of this film is, is, is horror. Right? How how deep and how dark well the tra- the trailer looks really atmospheric. Like it, it has that kind of that kind of look to it. So I mean, I mean this this film was filmed what forty years ago? I think now. <laughs> like I think it was filmed in like twenty sixteen yeah, or something yeah. like that or twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. So right. I mean, it, it'll be it'll be really exciting to finally see this come to to air. I, I figured it was never getting a theatrical release because it had been so long, and then their Marvel acquisition of you know Fox, like you know the Disney buying Fox, that I, I was I was afraid that it wouldn't make it out at all. But I'm glad it's at least getting some kind of physical, you know, some kind of physical release. But yeah, the the horror aspect of it, I mean, there's a lot you can do with that. There's a lot you can do with that, especially with these characters, especially Wolfsbane. Like, there's a lot that you can mess around with. Yeah, and I think, or I believe Marvel Studios is actually doing this film. So, uh, as you know, Marvel Studios has, hasn't failed anybody yet um, with their 10-year run, uh, or 11-year run, I should say. But uh, it, I think it's going to be well. Um, I, I guess I say the horror side interests me because... I know that's what James Wan, who directed Aquaman, tried to do for that film, and he absolutely yeah. failed. Yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely failed. I, I get what he was trying to do, you know, with Aquaman, which I, I think, you know, Jason Momoa plays a great Oh, yeah, Aquaman, he's a lot of fun. Or he looks great as Aquaman, 
but uh, James Wan definitely failed with that with that one in my eyes. So uh, release date, not sure, but I do know it will be on Amazon or will premiere on Amazon when uh, when it comes out. So look forward to that. Can't wait. All right, Frank, I know you find this film fun or it looks fun. And we're going to talk about this Guns movie looks ridiculous. <laughs> I had never even heard of it. Right. So Guns Akimbo starring uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Right. And we'll get into Daniel Radcliffe in just a moment. But in an alternate near future, an underground fight club and a criminal organization known as Schism achieve massive popularity by live streaming real death matches between criminals and psychos. Ordinary computer programmer Miles Lee Harris, who gets his... Uh, who gets his kicks by trolling online trolls logs into schism's forum to insult viewers who turn murderers or who turn murder into entertainment. Basically the criminal kingpin and psychopath who runs schism breaks into miles apartment. They beat the shit out of him, and they proceed to drug him. And when he wakes up, he finds that he has guns bloodily bolted to his hands Miles learns that he has to be forced to participate in a schism by being pitted against Nyx, the gamer's deadliest and craziest killer. She wants out, but not after her last opponent, Miles. The release date was uh, February 28th, 2020. So you could probably find it on Amazon, uh, maybe Apple TV or any type of platform like that. But Frank, what do you think? This movie looks so fucking funny. And like in like one of those like crazy, like high action I mean, the guy literally has guns bolted to his fingers. And it's Daniel Radcliffe in, like, the, the screenshot that I keep seeing is him in a bathrobe with, like, fuzzy slippers and guns bolted to his hands. <laughs> like, I think it's great yeah. that this guy, like, because he, he did that other film, too. I can't recall the name. I'll try to, I'll try to find it here. But um, he did that other film where it was, like, a small indie film where he had, like, an imaginary friend that was actually a dead body that would actually talk to him. Like Daniel Radcliffe has so much Harry Potter money that he can just do whatever the fuck he wants. And I'm so glad. Whatever Cause he, he wants. was in a, like a more serious film too. It was like, uh, again, I can't remember, but, but yeah, he can just do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, and this it, movie looks absolutely silly. It actually looks like an indie film, but it's yeah. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe, for those who don't know, um, and if you haven't heard, he is the star of Harry Potter. He is Harry Potter. Um, he's portrayed many other things in different movies over the years. He started in a movie, a horror film called Woman in the Black, 2012. Uh, Woman in Black. That's the one I was thinking of. Uh, Frankenstein. In two- yeah. Yeah. Woman in Black. OK. He played uh, Victor Frankenstein in 2015, and he also played in a critically acclaimed thriller called Imperium in 2016 mm. where he was a uh, FBI agent Nate Foster um, I believe this is the one where he infiltrated yeah as I say he infiltrated he it was either the KKK or some kind of white supremacist group but that movie I, I, I only saw it once and it was like kind of like late night but man that was good had me on the edge of my seat the entire time yeah I have yet to see it but I'm definitely going to check it out because um, I think Daniel Radcliffe is a phenomenal actor and out of all the actors who starred in Harry Potter, he seems like the one that just made it. Maybe Hermione too, because she's she did her I don't know her real name. Emma Watson. Hermione. But uh there you go, Emma Watson. I think her and Daniel Radcliffe were the only ones who actually made it out of 
not being looked at as just, you know, the Harry Potter stars or kids or whatever. So yeah, poor, uh, um, poor Ron Weasley. <laughs> yeah. Him. I don't know. I haven't seen him in anything else. I don't even know if he's really looking for to star in anything else. He doesn't seem like the type of person who's looking for anything. I know, uh, what's the boy's name? Um, mm-hmm. Malfoy, Harry Potter's, uh, one of his nemesis in there. He tried to do some things and this was, Literally a couple years after the whole Harry Potter, he started like a, a C-list horror film. I forget what it's called, but obviously it wasn't good because I can't yeah. remember what it was called. Um, and he, out of all the kids too, let me go ahead and say this, <clears throat> Emma Watson and Daniel Radcliffe were the ones who just, they grew up to look like pretty good looking human beings, right? Uh, Malfoy did not. If you, if you check him out now, he looked like he didn't age very well. Um, so anyways, Guns Akimbo, uh, looks like a, a great movie. I'm definitely going to check it out when I have the time. I recommend anybody else, uh, that you should check it out. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting movie when I came across the trailer and I figured I'd just bring it up to you, Frank, and see what you thought. So yeah, I need to sit down and watch this movie. Yeah, it's, it, it looks so fucking fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Next movie, man. Um, I, I actually enjoyed the first one. Uh, the, the sequel is getting ready to come out. Uh, well, I don't want to say soon. It'll be out sometime definitely later this year now because of uh, the pandemic. But A Quiet Place 2. Uh, it was directed by John Krasinski. Krasinski? Damn, I can't talk. Anyways, give you a little bit of synopsis on it. Following the Delhi events at home, the Abbott family must now face the terrors of the outside world as they come as they continue to fight for their survival in silence, forced to fit, forced to venture into the unknown, they quickly realize that the creature that hunt them by sound are not the only threats that lurk beyond the sand path. I thought this movie was great, especially the first one. John Krasinski is married to Emily Blunt, and they are the two stars of this show. I mean, not show, movie. And the other cool fact was is that he wrote and directed this movie, uh, I, I think is very phenomenal, given the fact that I believe he starred in that show, Chuck. Uh, he was in um, uh, The Office. Okay, he was in The Office. Sorry, he was in The Office. And then, you know, to see him evolve, now he stars on Jack Ryan, which is on Amazon Prime, which I'm actually catching up on, and it's an amazing show. If you if you don't know who Jack Ryan is, Jack Ryan is a character that was created by Tom Clancy, um, and all of Tom Clancy's books are great. If you haven't read it, he's a local guy too. But, he's um, from uh, he's from Baltimore. He's from, yeah, he's from Baltimore. Yep. What's funny is is that or what's interesting is that John is putting himself back in the movie, and, and spoiler alert: John doesn't make it through the movie. All right, um, he dies. So how he's back in this movie? No idea. Frank, have you seen the trailer? I have seen the trailer. Uh, It looks like another movie that I will skip, but not because it looks bad, but because I am a pansy and I don't like a lot of like super like cerebral horror. It freaks me the fuck out. I'll go as far as like Silence of the Lambs and then usually I I, I cut out. Like I'm just like, I don't, I just, I'm a huge pansy. So when there's like jump scares and that kind of shit, I'm like, nope, nope, good, good. But the movie itself looks really good. I did watch a synopsis of the first one. Uh, It looked like it was a really cool story is an interesting thing and you know to, to do a movie where you can't really talk you know like you know like something where you have to be quiet most of the time so it like 
it's a, definitely a good exercise for a filmmaker who has to make do with, you know, one of the, without one of the critical things in making a film, which is the ability to dialogue, have dialogue to, you know, explain everything to the audience. You have to do a lot of things with visual cues and the actors have to be absolutely superb in order to pull it off. So I'm sure it looks really good. I'll probably catch the synopsis of it yeah. just like I do with a lot of horror films. <laughs> yeah. And you got to be very talented in order to just use facial expressions, um, convey what you want to say. So I, I think, you know, great story. I, I love what they do. I will definitely watch it when it comes out. Cause I am a huge horror movie fan. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I do know Frank that you do not like horror movies. I can remember that. When we I watched, was actually uh, going to ask you that. Together. Do you remember that people. night? Holy shit. So Jerry, here's a fun little story for everybody. So we're good. Oh, oh, and hold on. And hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before, before we even elaborate on this story, let me give you, let me just express or describe who Frank is a, and this is before all his tattoos, but still <laughs> in any event, he is a six foot five man that at the time almost weighed like 300 something pounds. He's a big guy, big, big guy. So he's very scary if, if, if he walks up on you. Right. And so now I'm gonna let him go and tell the story of. So we have to be around what fifteen or sixteen, I think, at this time, and we're we're sitting in my mom's house, and it's yeah. late at night, and we're watching The Exorcist, yeah. and it is the perfect night for watching The Exorcist. It's dark, it's windy, and when I say the wind is whipping, the wind is fucking whipping outside, and we're all just sitting there, and it's like me, Wardell, and a bunch of other guys. Like uh, I think it was like Stevie from our neighborhood and Shaney. I think Shaney was there, a childhood friend of ours. Like we we were all cuddled, huddled on this yeah. couch. And when we started, it's a big giant L-shaped couch, and there's about five of us. And we all started, we all had a good amount of space in between us. And as the as the movie goes on, I'm noticing that everybody's getting just a little bit closer as the horror is starting to build. And I am freaked the fuck out. I am panicking, like watching this movie. This is is easily one of the most terrifying moments of my young life, watching this film. And then the wind is whipping. And as I said, it's just going crazy out there. And my mom used to stack up the deck chairs. So she had like seven or eight of these deck chairs stacked outside. And the door to the deck is right behind the television at the time. And the wind whips right at the moment of like, I think it was a face on the screen. It was that scene where they're walking through the house. And then if it's one of those blink, if you'll miss it, like the face just appears on the wall and you don't. And if you see it, you're like, fuck. And if you don't see it, you just miss it. But the wind whips right at the right time. Yeah. Knocks over all eight of those chairs, right as the face comes on the screen. And I launched off of that fucking couch six feet in the fucking air everybody jumped i even you jumped and you're a horror film fan shaney's screaming stevie has i think he was on the floor at that point like he was on the floor he's in my lap and he was like younger than us so he's like a little guy and he's like in my lap i've crawled over over the couch oh my god it was the funniest move just that crash and everyone's like (laughs) yeah that was uh (laughs) that was a funny time i and I definitely did jump. I know everybody was super scared because, for one, The Exorcist not only is a, a great, you know, horror, theatrical film, but um, it was based on a true story. I think that's what creeped us out even more. Definitely enjoyed those times, fun times, good memories. Uh, yeah, man. Quiet Place 2. Uh, it was supposed to come out March 2020, but 
ever since once again this pandemic has ruined everything uh it's not going to come out until september 4th 2020 so if you want to see it folks and you're looking forward to seeing it that's when it comes out so quiet place too all right frank i i i put together a little segment real quick to literally tap on these three movies that we just went over uh it's called green light it or put it on the shelf which means green light it means you're gonna say hey folks you should definitely check out this movie put it on the shelf you know, self-explanatory. Basically, fuck it. Don't watch it at all. A new mutant, or the oh, new mutants. What do you think? Green lighted. Green lighted. Just, just for shelf. the sheer fact that it's taken like 18 years for this movie to come out. Let's just, let's, let's just see it. I want to know. I want to know. Is it as good as you think it's going to be, okay. or as we think it's going to be? I need to know. Okay. Guns Akimbo, starring Daniel Radcliffe. Same thing. Green lighted. Green lighted. On the shelf. All right. And the last one. A Quiet Place 2. Green light it, but I'm going to put it on my shelf. Fuck that movie. (laughs) 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 All right, given... uh, I'm just going to save us on some time. I I think all of them look phenomenal. I'm definitely going to check all of them out. So I'm just going to green light all of them. Guns Akimbo, I was a little shaky about, but after watching the trailer, um, it just looks phenomenal in my mind. So I'm going to check it out. And I like Daniel Radcliffe, so... Definitely going to green light all of them. Let's get into this main topic, man. What we're here to talk about. Elon Musk, SpaceX, and Interstellar, the movie. Let's give you guys a quick background on Interstellar. Interstellar was directed by Chris Nolan, who is a phenomenal director. I love pretty much all of Chris Nolan's movies that he's directed. Inception being one of my favorite ones. In Earth's future, a global crop blight. And we'll get to that in just a moment. And a second dust bowl are slowly rendering the planet uninhabitable. Professor Brand, played by Michael Caine, a brilliant NSA, uh, I'm sorry, a brilliant uh, NASA physicist, is working on plans to save mankind by transporting Earth's population to a new home via a wormhole. But first, Brand must send former NASA pilot Cooper, played by Matthew McConaughey, and a team of researchers through the wormhole across the galaxy to find out which three planets could be mankind's new home. This movie is starring Matthew McConaughey, Jessica Chastain, Anne Hathaway, John Lithgow, and Michael Caine. On IMDb, it got a 8.6 out of 10. On Rotten Tomatoes, gave it a 72%. Metaric gave it 74. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. And overall, 95% of people like this movie. Frank, what did, what did you think Just about Just a quick um, thought. Those, uh, those scores seem kind of low. Because, I mean, I, that, that movie was like a 10 out of 10 for me. Like, there's there's not very movies that I would say are 10 out of 10. Same. But that, Same. that movie hit all the right notes for me. I thought the pacing was great. I thought the suspense was great. I like I got emotional at times. I got excited at times. I had to. I, I sat there thinking about the cost of things, like the 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 cost of what they were doing, and and going through the movie, and then you, there they go into the gravity well where where time changes, and like oh that maneuver just cost us seven years, and then you you have to think it, like for them seconds, right. but then you think back to like their family on their planets, like oh god this guy left a young daughter now a teenager just like that snap your fingers, that's right. what it is, and like whether the science of it lines up or not, just the, the way that they presented it, there were so many great, awesome story beats. And even though the ending I think was confusing for some, and maybe that's why the, uh, why it got a little bit of the, cause whenever you deal with like time travel and that kind of thing, like time traveling space aliens that are actually humans from, 
you know, in the far future, like, and you create these bootstrap paradoxes where people, you know, one event can't, like, the, one of the rules of time travel, if you go with one, you know, with a bootstrap paradox is that what was, what was going to happen is always going to happen. So that's how he was able to go back yeah. in the past and actually experience himself going back in the past. Like, so like, even though he hadn't ever done it yet, it had already happened and it was always going to happen that way. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know. And the sound, Oh my God, I can't even say enough about this movie. The sound in that movie, that wham that you would hear from time to time, it just set the, it set the pace. It set the feeling of the movie. Like you could feel when like something was going to happen or not when something was going to happen, but it kind of got you in the right emotional mindset for what was going what was going on on the screen. I don't know. I can't say enough about the movie. It's fucking amazing. I think you uh, hit the nail on the head, man. I I think phenomenal movie. Once again, directed by Chris Nolan, phenomenal director. Uh, They couldn't have picked a better cast to play in Interstellar, in my opinion. Um, Matthew McConaughey was the perfect star for this, along with Jessica Chastain, who basically played his daughter, um, the older version. And then Anne Hathaway, uh, and 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 also it had a a guest star with um give me his name man I don't know why I'm drawing a blank why can't I think of his name who did he play in the movie I always get like this I don't know why remember when they went to the planet and the guy oh, oh Matt the guy Damon there for a while <laughs> there you go Matt Damon and he basically he he went crazy right like his 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 whole perception of just yeah and, and that's that was that was really really cool and a fun move a um, fun moment too if like you saw it in the theaters back in the day before they started putting his name on the, like the cover of the DVD box art and that kind of thing like that was a crazy moment where you're like yeah <laughs> i remember i was i can't remember who i was with but i remember looking over at the movie theater and was like is that fucking Matt Damon <laughs> like did they sneak Matt Damon into this movie? Yeah, yeah, which I thought was a good surprise because you don't really see prizes like that anymore in movies where like uh, a particular yeah, especially star a giant star like Matt fucking Damon. Um, yeah, a, a, a huge star like Matt Damon. So that was phenomenal, I think. Um, and, and not to mention too that after Interstellar came out, I I want to say maybe a year or two later, uh, yeah, the Martian with came Matt out Damon. with Matt Damon starring <laughs> Matt Damon, right? And so different character, obviously, but that that was a, a great movie as well. Kind of like, I want to say, I feel like those movies kind of played on each other a little bit, um, given the fact that they kept hitting like alternate universes and, and things of that nature, going through that wormhole. Yeah, everything that you said from the start of the movie to the climactic finish. Um, and I get why you would say the ending maybe confused people, but even still such a great ending how everything came out and, and worked itself out so uh really pleased with interstellar let's jump right into elon musk and let's talk about the spacex program uh i'll elaborate just a little bit more space s yeah spacex is a exploration technology corporation sorry folks i literally can't talk today um it's a privately owned american aerospace manufacturing a space transportation service company uh the headquarters is located in hawthorne california it was founded in 2002 by elon musk with the goal of reducing space transportation costs to enable the colonization of mars so basically since 2002 elon musk and his company have been launching spaceships into orbit and trying to figure out a way to you know get to mars safely but I guess the, the the cool and special thing about that is they're creating spaceships that you can 
constantly reuse, right? It's not like you just create a spaceship one time, it goes up into the orbit, and then you come back in this little fucking capsule, you know, once it's time to come back, I guess. So they've done quite a few projects uh, leading up to 2019. What they are trying to do as Elon Musk and what was just stated here just a minute ago, they're basically trying to get to Mars so they can colonize it. What is the reasoning behind this? Why why is Elon Musk um, trying to... What's his purpose? What's the reasoning behind it? What do, you, what do you think the reasoning is behind him doing SpaceX? His reason that he'll give often is that you know, colonization is the only way to ensure the species. And I, I'm sure that that is partially correct. But I think, honestly, it's wanderlust. Like, I, there's a part of it. Yeah, because... So it's glory. It could be. Because that's the glory? thing is that, that that's, as, as human beings, that's like one of the things that we did, you know, after we were done, you know, hitting each other with rocks. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. We never stopped hitting each other with rocks. But like after we were done hitting each other with rocks and, you know, working on agriculture, we started to expand. And that's been a, a key defining feature of our species uh, since the dawn of time is that we are trying to expand and we're trying to go out and find new things, take new things, find new resources that's that's kind of what we do it almost seems like a logical step because it's not like i i I don't know i don't know if i buy into the argument that like all right earth is going to be uninhabitable one day so we got to go to mars there's an old joe rogan bit that he does in one of his comedy specials where he's talking about like oh the the water the water is bad here on earth so we're we're running out of water in california so we got to go to space and he says well we don't we don't have a water problem we have the earth is mostly water we have a salt problem if we can remove the salt We'll be okay. He's like, no, nah, man, that's not going to work. We got to go to Neptune. It's like, no, like, no, like, there's probably a way that we could do it that's better than going to another planet. But at the same time, he is funny. He is fucking funny. Joe Rogan is a genius. But at the same time, I don't know. Maybe it's the little kid in me, like who never got to see the moon landing, who would love to see a Mars landing. Like, I didn't see the moon landing live. Like, but how cool would that be? Who? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's <laughs> lid for every pot. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but there's a conspiracy out there that some people think that the moon landing was fake. But for whatever reason, I don't I don't believe that was fake. Um, yeah, I think Elon Musk is definitely onto something. I do believe if anybody is going to get us to another planet and colonize another planet, it'll be him. I think his determination is just is just too strong, and I think ultimately the the biggest goal for him is. Not really achieving a lot of money from this project, but um, like I mentioned before, the glory. He wants to be the person to say, I was the one who told the world that we need to find another place to live. We need to start colonizing it so we can, you know, expand uh, our longevity. If he's going to, like I said, if it's going to be yeah, anybody, I think honestly, I mean, Mars him. is a first step. Like if, you know, if we were to speculate 30,000 years into the future, just imagine what, what everything could be like. But like Mars is kind of that first step. If we could colonize Mars, find a way to live on it, make it habitable, like say like 10,000 years from now, we figure out how to terraform, which is the process of taking a, a useless rock like Mars, because let's be honest, it is a useless rock um, that yeah. you can't breathe in yeah. and then find a way to give it atmosphere. Like that would be... That would be incredible. That means we could do that to tons of different planets and ensure the, the survival of our species well into the future. 
Because, I mean, what? We got 10 billion years until our sun goes out. So will the human race make it that long? I don't know. But let's say it did. In 10 billion years, well, really, realistically, it would be shorter than that, probably 5 billion before like we all burn up as the sun gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, we'd have to be on different planets. We'd have to be in a different place. Yeah, I think that's the... I, I don't think he's going to have a problem or issue with getting folks to another planet. I think they're definitely on to that and they, and they know exactly how to do it. I think the problem that they're going to have is, you know, stabilizing a colonization yeah. on Mars. Yeah, as you just mentioned, it's like, how do we breathe on that planet? And what's so funny is, is uh, I watched a movie back in, it was maybe 2017, 2016. It was called Titan. It's on Netflix if you guys want to check it out. And I forget the stars, but it basically was about this, uh, I think it was NASA that was involved, and they took these group of astronauts or military um, members or personnel folks, and they put them in a program where they were basically trying to get their body to conform to the planet that they were going to send them to. Um, long story short, obviously the program got out of hand. Some people went crazy. Uh, one person actually did adapt to the situation and they actually launched them on that planet. But to me, yeah, that is the biggest issue. Like how do we get to a point where we're able to breathe naturally and be able to grow food on like, another planet, like grow crops. Like it's, it's insane. Right. And you know, in a, it, right. you can draw a lot of interesting historical parallels. And this is actually something I wanted to bring up to you when you, when you brought up the topic of this, uh, of the podcast was so, we have a really good example being that where we live of what it's like to colonize something that wasn't yours when you started. Now we took it from a native people, but there won't be any native people on Mars. Now we, we as Americans are the descendants of people who came, a lot of us are that came over here colonizing uh, and taking over a new land. Well, what happened eventually? We went, fuck this. We're not going to serve the Lord that we came from. We're going to start our own thing. Wouldn't it be interesting? And the sci-fi has dealt into this, like sci-fi, mm. uh, like you know, shows and movies and books have dealt into this, dwelled into this quite a bit. But wouldn't it be interesting if all of a sudden we decided right. uh, our Mars colony was like we're now our only, our our own independent planet? Fuck Earth! Isn't that kind of what we do? <laughs> oh, like te- yeah, like, yeah, like Texas, like see, Texas? yeah, yeah. When they want, if <laughs> like they wanted to see from the union. Except they're a planet away, and then they become a military power. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, yeah, that's a that's that's a really good uh, that's a really good plot. I think that's very interesting. You can't put that past people, man, because you know one of the things about people is that we're greedy, and we love having power. So you put the wrong person up there in charge, or. Whatever. Or let's say yeah, that just like you know, like United States rebelled For against sure. a tyrannical government. That's what we did is we 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 rebelled against service to a king. What if let's say let's say somehow in the future the 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 world is united under a single federation, kind of like Star Trek style, and they end up being a tyrannical government and not a like benevolent government. Mars would then secede, you know, completely. They wouldn't want any part of us anymore. And then let's say we're on Titan yeah. as well, since you brought up Titan, the, yep. the Saturn's moon, which is enormous. You know, we, we they have a Titan thing, and they're like, well, fuck you too. Yeah. We're going to secede. And then we have humanity spread out 
around the you know we, yeah. let's say we finally unite humanity under one banner on earth and then we have tons of planets that have all basically balkanized which is you know breaking up with the countries or breaking up with the nations and then humanity is right back to where we started of just fighting and infighting and <laughs> uh, well that's a good way to look at it and that that's kind of interesting that you say that because what if we did do something like that right and eventually we all know if we if we end up on different planets you know we become our own thing new tribes all that good shit new civilizations and i've always kind of thought this a little bit that um you know how when people see ufos or you know um any type of situation like that where ufos are being spotted people see them what if those ufos are us kind of like you know how they go through wormholes and they go back in time like an interstellar and they basically just come back to us and they, oh, they they're giving us right. information. Gotta put on the tinfoil hat. All right, I'm ready. Keep going. How, how, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? And so what if there are uh what if it's just us that's coming back and doing that? Just like how you mentioned, like we went to another planet, how Elon Musk's planet, and we just kinda kept going to different planets and, and colonizing them and slowly but surely each planet became their own race or their own thing or whatever. And there's just this one particular group that decided to go back in time to deliver the original Earth information as to how we... The fun thing about this whole theory is is that you can't disprove it because you can't just say definitively that's not right. You You can say that science would say that it would be very difficult to do or near impossible. But 5,000 years ago, we thought that earthquakes and volcanoes were caused by an angry God living under the volcano, trying to shake out of his chains. What were, what are we going to know in 5,000 years or 5,000 years from now? Right. Hey, mark this in your books, everybody. Uh, Yep. We predicted the future. We're fucking geniuses. Okay. When this shit goes down, you can look back at this episode and be like, (laughs) they were like the Simpsons. They predicted this shit. We did it. Yeah, man. I I think um, Elon Musk is, is he's definitely onto something and if you if you want to be a part of the spacex program i heard they're taking people so we just want to launch your ass out into space and see what happens yeah there's somebody that's going to do it there's always going to be somebody we'll see what the other thing that um i do like about elon musk is how like i know he went to school and all sorts of things did he go to school actually did he graduate so elon musk has this theory of degrees like meaning bachelor degrees master degrees will not be relevant as to who you hire for your company. And so his his theory is, is like, if you're just a smart person and a hard worker, he's willing to take you on. If you have innovative ideas, that's his thing, right? He doesn't care about the, the, the PhDs that you have, master degrees, doesn't care how many you have. He wants to know if you're a smart person and if you're very innovative. To me, I think that's a good look when you're dealing with somebody like a Elon Musk type, but... Yeah, I think um, I'm excited about SpaceX. I'm excited to see where they take this program. I'm excited to see, just as you mentioned earlier, I, I never seen the landing on the moon. I would love to see them land on Mars and start colonizing it. I think that would be such a incredible I thing. I think we'll see it in our lifetime. To I think that's about all lifetime. we'll see is like maybe just the first landing, the first steps. But we'll we'll see something like that in our lifetime. I think that it's coming. I'm thinking maybe in 10 years or so, it seems like a good guess. 10 years, we might see the first person go to the moon and then come back. But of course, that's the thing is that if, if somebody makes it to the moon and something, or not to the right. moon, I'm sorry, to Mars. Um, if somebody makes it to Mars and comes and doesn't 
come back like isn't able to come back like the challenger like like the challenger explosion set back you know things for nasa like crazy because nothing nothing will scare people away from funding like death and avoidable death it's you kind of have to realize just like with the moon landing there's an incredible risk involved but it's also a lot of reward so it's do you do you want to be the guy who signs up for that that trip yeah well there's going to be mistakes there's going to be yeah there's going to be mistakes that happen along the way there's going to be some people that feel like you know if they already don't feel like this way uh that this dude is crazy um we need to not do this program. There's going to be people that feel like that uh, from here until the point that we actually, or to the point that they actually land on Mars. So that's inevitable. But as I said before, he will prove them wrong. Uh, I do believe Elon Musk is going to. If anybody's going to do, it's going to be the eccentric billionaire who's basically like real life, Tony Stark. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the one. He is man. He's, he really is like the, you know, our Tony Stark, you know what I mean? A real life version of Tony Stark. So I, I think that's pretty cool, but that's it, man. Um, I just wanted to touch on that and talk about that topic of, you know, definitely a great movie of interstellar and um, Elon Musk, who is miles, it seems miles and miles ahead of everybody else as far as like forward thinking. So um, to uh, a cool movie and then uh, definitely a cool program to look into. Um, is there anything else? No, that you man. I think to we I think we pretty much covered one? it. It's just a uh, you know a lot of exciting things you know in the future. We, obviously, we have the not so exciting things in the near future with as we deal with COVID and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot to there's a lot to look forward to. It's one of the coolest times to be alive ever. Like it's there's a lot of like crazy shit. Like we just we touched on injustice, you know, for for Ahmed Aubrey, and you know we touched on a lot of things today. But I think one of the big takeaways, and end on a positive note is that this is one of the coolest times to be alive ever. Like we have information at our fingertips. Like you couldn't think of something. I was immediately able to type it up and just find it. If I wanted to know the complete history of the Tudor dynasty, I could just look it up on my computer. Like, and we're talking about going to Mars. There's things about AI that are terrifying and cool at the same time. We're, we're in this super exciting time right now. And I don't know. I just, it, it makes me very excited to see what is what sci-fi and like star trek back in the 60s was doing we're doing so much more than that now like take away the planet things think about like the like the the instant communicators and yeah. you know now we have these cell phones that we can just press a button and i could facetime with a friend i can see him wherever he is in the world and i can just i can talk to people who i've never met anonymously or not anonymously we live in an information age there's so much there's so much to look forward to and there's so many yeah. cool things going on right now that I think it's very important to remember that even though there are all of these bad things still happening, we can fix those as we keep going. But this is a cool time to be alive. Yeah, and we yes, I, I would have to agree. And and we will fix those things. Um it, it may take a little time, but we will definitely get to the point where they are fixed. Um, but also realizing too, there's always gonna be some type of problems that come up. Um it's just how we choose to respond to those situations. And if we respond to them in a positive way and make sure that, uh, you know, we look out for each other, uh, us, each other, meaning the human race, I think we'll be okay. But if you guys love what we talk about, if you have some movies that you would like us to talk about on the next episode, 
please feel free to DM me at Wardell, W-A-R-D-E-L-L, numerical number one. Yep, mine is uh, at Friend of NAR, F-R-I-E-N-D-O-F-G-N-A-R. I'll tell the story of why that happened one day. <laughs> All right, we'll touch on that. <laughs> but uh, that sounded so bad. <laughs> Anyways, thanks to you guys for tuning in with us. You know the vibes. We're not politicians. We're not professional movie critics or any of that. All right. We're just two fucking guys with an opinion. Until next time. This is Quiet on the Set. Peace.